Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. And before we get into the podcast, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody that's downloaded the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. We've seen a huge spike in downloads over the last week. Um, So that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. So um, go ahead and do download that because you will be able to listen to our future podcasts on there. So again, we're joined very kindly by um, Alan Green. Thank you very much for joining us today, Alan. Good to be back, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So Alan, as always, has got a few interesting stocks that he's going to discuss. But before we we get into those, um, it's just I want to highlight something that we've been looking at here at the UK Investor Magazine, which looks quite interesting in terms of a potential sector. Um, that could rebound quite quickly, and that's the house build, house building sector. We've been looking at a number of shares there this week. Um, after they cut their dividends um, last month, we, we did see quite a sharp fall in the house builders, particularly the likes of Taylor Wimpy, Barrett Developments, and Persimmon. They're three that we've earmarked for a potential rebound. Now, that's very much driven by um, some analysis that we've seen coming from Zoopla. Now, they have seen a very strong increase in the number of uh, rental uh, inquiries that they're seeing Um, and obviously the activity that that follows through to in terms of um, people actually um, leasing uh, their properties and you know that's been something that's done predominantly online but it does show that there is an interest there from people during the lockdown they are looking at uh, at moving, they are looking at uh, relocating. They're probably in their current uh, their homes and and feeling that they, uh, you know, it's, it's time to move on for them. So I think that pressure will build up in the sales market, also. So we've been looking in particular at Taylor Wimpy. Um, they did cut their dividend. They cut their final year dividend as well as their special dividend that they had earmarked. But I think that does provide them with a strong cash position going forward. They have a land bank in the pipeline of about 140,000 properties. So, you know, failing this lockdown going through to the to the later stages of this year, if we start to see an easing uh, in the next couple of months, I think there could be a rush for uh, for sales there. In the uh, in the house building sector, so that's one that we were, we would keep a particularly close eye on. Um, in particular, Taylor Wimpy is currently trading about uh, the one pound thirty two level. So, Alan, we were just speaking before um, we started recording about two investment companies that are listed on the AIM markets uh, that are particularly in- interesting. Um, what what's standing out for you uh, with those companies at the moment? Well, interesting. Uh, firstly, before we look at that, just to pick up on your comments about the the uh, the the, the uh, building company sector. Um, yeah, I've got a, um, a chart of Persimmon on the screen in front of me here, and obviously Persimmon, along with most of the other house builders, cancelled their dividend. But uh, yeah, looking looking very strong as a potential recovery play, and I think certainly in this period of lockdown. Um, 
anything that you dislike about your current property has probably been magnified many times over. So I imagine exactly. a lot of people now are saying the very second we get out of lockdown, that's it. We're selling up. We're moving on. So yeah, I think you're. I think that's a very good call, actually, um, Jonathan. I think uh, I think house builders could be set for a big upswing toward the end of the year. And I think I think one of the, the key things as well, obviously, with, with the house builders is they've been able to um, sort of cut their costs quite uh, quite significantly with the shutting of sites. So, um, you know, they've obviously got inventories there, which uh, which is set to be sold. You know, that, uh, that cash flow has been completely uh, obliterated, but they're not uh, a company that or companies that are going to be losing huge amounts of cash no. in the short term. So it's, it's probably a situation that, you know, they do reinstate dividends um, as soon as they can, as soon as there is a, um, a sign that things are going to be um, getting back to some form of normality. They will start the sales process again. And that as soon as that gets back into full swing, I think there will be considerations of dividends being paid. The timeline for that is very, very difficult um to know but we will be writing further articles about this on the uk investor magazine to do uh to do check those out yes indeed indeed and just uh, touched on there was the uh there's a number of companies that we're going to be discussing but there's two ones which which is quite interesting in that they're they're aimlessly companies but they're investment vehicles and you know they're each each quite different so just give a little more details on those Certainly, John, uh, uh, for sure. Well, the first company I want to talk about is a company called Braveheart Investments. The epic code is BRH. Now, I've looked at these companies because they um, that they are spread or their investments are spread across a range of technology um, and uh, areas that are considered by investors to be currently disruptive. Um, so Braveheart, first of all, um, this caught my eye some time ago, and it's. Uh, I, I also know the the chap that runs it, Trevor Brown, who is a very capable investor and has a very good eye for opportunities in the sector. Um, Braveheart have six companies that they're invested in. Um, they own in, in in a number of cases they own uh, from fifty percent to one hundred percent of the company. So the the actual numbers from that company are reflected in their annual accounts. Um, but uh, the companies that they have key ownership in uh, are basically Farm to Farm, Paratech, uh, um, and also Kirkstall. Um, Farm to Farm and Paratech both have, uh, or both have uh, products they're developing and uh, treatments they're developing within the, within, uh, the, the, uh, the COVID-19 field. Um, Farm to Farm in particular, uh, are involved in the production of masks and PPE, and also they de- dedicated some of their existing production facilities to the production of hand sanitizer, which is obviously a very key issue and subject right now. There is a shortage, as I think uh, is, has been well documented. Um, Kirkstall have a cell tech technology called Quasivivo, uh, in particular looking at the treatment of respiratory diseases, um, and uh, again, there is uh, some evidence that uh, there with that company that um, the technology and the treatment could be applied to COVID-19 patients. Um, there's also Paratech, um, which uh, has a spin-out company called Sentinel Medical, uh, 
um, which uh, there's which is undergoing or it's it's implementing a uh, through a joint grant with Sheffield University, Aptoma Group, and Leeds Teaching Hospital Trust. Their science is used to uh, uh, they're developing a point of care detection instrument for COVID nineteen. So we have this cross section of companies that are all starting to grow their revenues and develop. The company's worth at the moment just four and a half million pounds. Um, but what really sets this apart and what caught my eye is that it pays a dividend. Um, it pays a, the dividend uh, paid last year was in the region of 3%. So um, it's, it's, I was attracted by this because it's very rare that you get a company of this nature paying a dividend. Um, and clearly, with that spread of risk across the, the, uh, the range of companies it invests in, the, um, the, the, the risk is, is well managed. It's, it's, it's not as if you're investing into a small company and putting all, all your eggs into one basket. You're across a range of companies. So I think this one's got a bright future. So um, that's Braveheart Investments. Epic code is BRH. I mean, what, what do you think that could look like in terms of, of share price? Because it's, it's had quite a significant move already. It's gone up from about 6p, the middle of March, trading about 18p. So a huge move there. But of course, they're in... Um, particularly high growth sectors and obviously sectors that are in demand at the moment. I mean, what what could the potential upside be in the sort of future? I mean, is this a, a company, do you think the investors should look for for buying for future dividends? Or do you think there is um, a situation where some of the companies um, that could be you know, taken over to some extent or they could sell their stakes and, and that cash go back in and, and obviously potential there for um, significant upsides in the share price from here. Do you think it's more of an income play at this this point or a, or a capital appreciation play? I think it, it's primarily capital appreciation. But um, given that there is there's income in the form of dividends there too, it's, it's doubly attractive for that reason. And I think, you know, given that... Uh, most of the companies that they are invested into are have have uh, have some application to treat and uh, provide equipment for the current COVID nineteen crisis. That provides a very interesting backdrop in regard to the potential for the shares going forward. And it's still worth even the the price has gone up in uh, recent days. As you say, we're on a year low of. 7p uh, and uh, a year high of 19p shares are trading i think as we speak around 17p so um but the market cap of the company is still just worth 4.8 million and given what's happened i think to other companies in the sector that you've seen you've seen that them well effectively 10 bag in some cases uh, i think there is some real there's some great potential upside here but also as, as i mentioned given the spread of risk across the different companies, um, that the, the risk is well managed too. And that's really what sets this company apart. Indeed. So that's definitely going to be an interesting one, especially over the next uh, next few weeks and, and months uh, to watch there. Yeah. But moving on to Two Shields investment, again, it's got a, a similar structure to Braveheart in terms of it's an, it's an aim-listed company. Uh, with a number of investments, but this time it's um, its focus is slightly different. Yeah. Um, there's lithium in there. Um, there's some cobalt and, and nickel um, exposure. What does that sort of look like, and where are the prospects there for Two Shields? Well, I think Two Shields have um, again. We've got a company here that's currently trading on on a seven seven million market cap. Um, 
shares on the year have uh, have been as high as uh, 0.31 pence, as low as 0.06p, and currently trading at 0.12p. So um, again, still still relatively low in terms of where the the share price has been on the year. But um, again, there there are some people behind this that uh, have many years of experience uh, in, in investing and. Often, what happens with these little companies is, is that they start out and they they build a very successful model and they develop an investment fund from it. So, um, what I like to I like to look for these companies and they they appear on my radar now and then um, because you know you can have the next BlackRock and General here, or you can have uh, you can have one of the big technology funds, Fidelity Technology. But um, the spread of risk here, obviously, uh, their, their mandate is to go after. Uh, dis, what they term uh, disruptive uh, sectors, disruptive technology. They have um, their e-commerce uh, technology is in a company called WeShop. They own ten percent of that. They have a cybersecurity company to prevent phishing and similar activities. That's phishing with a ph, by the way. Eleven um, percent of the company there. They own four percent of Power Metal Resources, which is a metals exploration company listed on AIM. A geoscience consul- a global geosciences company. Uh, they have uh, nearly 30% of that company. And then they have nickel, platinum and lithium investments in Africa and, and Botswana. So uh, again, um, at the last uh, the last set of interims last year, they recorded a loss of 230,000 um, as opposed to a million pound loss previously. They also raised a million pounds at that, at that point too. So the company is fully funded. They have the opportunity to make further investments and again, given that spread of investments into the technology, into the technology and into the metals, um, I think uh, particularly once the market starts to recover again, we could see a decent uplift on this company too. Exactly, and it's one actually that I think investors can uh, have a look at and really sort of dig down into their products because uh, the Wii Shop. Uh, application is available uh, to have a look at so that will give you an idea of the technology they're running there and of course a diversified company um, in mining uh, as as well as uh, technology so quite exciting prospects there yeah it's definitely one that i think we'll be discussing again in the future um but going to move on to one now that we have discussed very recently uh, and that is ECR Minerals. Um, they've had an exciting month in terms of news flow. Alan, so what's the what's the least the latest instalment from ECR? Okay, so ECR Minerals have uh, they're a, a gold exploration company, um, and again they're they're a tiny company with with a, with a, a three million market cap. Um, but uh, on Monday, the company announced that um, I, I, I just. Uh, recap quickly on the spread of investments that the company has. They have um, key investments in Australia, in the Victoria region, um, uh, namely the Creswick, uh, the Creswick Gold Project and the uh, Bayliston Gold Project. And the Bayliston Project is notable in that um, once when ECR got the license, um, Newmont Mining, who are a massive Australian mining giant and uh, worth many billions of dollars, um, bought uh, or applied for a license and were, were awarded a license in the territory adjacent to Bayliston. And as we know, often with the mining companies, the geology, the strata runs across territories. So it, that's uh, that's very much the case here. Um, 
that uh, the ECR also has a number of other pro projects in the region, the Avoca, the Mournbull and Timor uh, gold licenses. And on Monday, it announced that it had, um, it had basically sold those licenses to a company called Fosterville South Exploration, uh, named after the Fosterville Gold Mine, which is also in the region. It's a TSX listed company. Um, the terms of the deal were half a million was to be paid in cash to ECR immediately. And this follows um, several R&D tax rebates uh, that ECR has received from the Australian government. Um, and effectively means that the company is is well funded now, probably for the next year to year to couple of years, and will certainly fund the activities that they will be undertaking. Plus, they will also receive an uplift or a potential uplift uh, for every ounce of gold or uh, mineral resource um, mined from the licenses that it sold. Um, so it's it's a key it's a it's a key development for ECR. Um, in addition, the uh, in addition, the company also has uh, gold licenses in Western Australia in the Yilgarn region, which is uh, an area that um, is long renowned for producing uh, high quality gold and minerals. Um, and of course, the the funding the company has now received will enable it to push on and do that. But again, still a very small market cap, and given where we are currently, given of course the collapse in the oil price, there's been a rush to gold. So these junior uh, gold mining companies are literally worth their weight in gold, excuse the pun. But I think ECR, given its spread of projects and given the, the fact that um, it's in such a highly regarded region or two highly regarded regions for gold production, I think this company's got a really exciting year ahead of it. Okay, so I mean, ECR is you know, certainly... Uh, one that's got a lot going going on there. I mean, again, sort of looking at the share price, we're sort of trading about sort of uh, 0.77 of, of a penny at the moment. It's been up, if we go back to sort of last year, you know, closer towards that sort of 1.4 level. We've, yeah. we've had a lot of news flow out recently. What do you think the catalyst is going to be? for shares to get back up to those highs that we've seen within the last sort of 24 months? Well, I think the, the key thing that's going to be the, the, um, the, the when the work was done at Creswick and Bayliston licenses, um, they noted what was called nuggety gold mineralization. And uh, the, um, the, the, the quality of the, of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the asset was proven there and then. But um, uh, I think uh, if I go back to the announcement on Monday, what was what is key to me and what I think is going to be the catalyst to take this forward, uh, Craig Brown, the CEO, said it's worth noting other external parties are reviewing our data in Bayliston and Creswick Gold projects with a view to potential commercial transactions, including joint joint venture opportunities. And you know, then then also you know, with a caveat of uh, no guarantee that any transaction will occur, and so on. So I mean, that says to me that um, you know, again, would it be Newmont? I don't, I don't know. We don't know. But there are other parties involved, very keen to get involved in those licenses. And given that Newmont has a license adjacent to Bayliston, it would make sense that maybe it's uh, one of the Newmont companies involved. Who knows? But either way, I think. Once we get some further news on that, to, in, to my mind, that will be the catalyst to drive this higher because you bring a company in like that, then uh, clearly 
the hard yards have already been achieved and um, it's then a case of getting the stuff out of the ground. Indeed, yeah, so a very interesting story and, of course, very interesting um, potential news flow coming up. So, again, that we'll be discussing again uh, in the uh, in the future. But to finish things off, and it's, uh, it's a company which I must say should not be confused with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, but it is a company that is utilizing the blockchain technology which sits behind uh, cryptocurrencies. Um, and that's one that has a, a number of different applications for the technology. Um, could you just give us a little bit more detail on, on that, Alan? Because it's quite an exciting company. Well, it is. And it's had an incredibly exciting a few days on the market as well. Uh, the company is Catanai Innovation. The epic code is CTEA. Um, as you rightly say, Jonathan, they uh, and I have developed technology um, around dis- or DLT, distributed ledger technology, and blockchain, and they've created a system uh, using utilizing that technology, which creates uh, immutable records. In other words, records that cannot be uh, changed or altered in any way. They have several derivations of that offering, um, both uh, in in the insurance sector, in man guarding uh, premises, uh, also uh, for communities that they're used by a number of uh, community uh, uh, websites run by uh, key football teams, including Charlton Athletic and Aston Villa. But um, last last week, the company announced, uh, or recently the company announced it, had bought in... uh, a new investor uh, to, to to further develop the business, um, and it announced uh, last week that um, uh, the company had formed a joint venture with a company called Z Yen Group uh, in order to build a GDPR compliant ident- identity documentation exchange system called COV hyphen ID to record an individual's COVID nineteen test status. And again, bearing in mind the immutable and unalterable uh, nature of the technology that that's a key development um in terms of revenues what the revenues are going to be gen- what revenue is going to be generated from this uh that's less clear at this moment in time but uh, on monday the company also announced that it had conditionally raised a further three hundred twenty thousand pounds uh in working capital and to help develop the technology and uh and push forward the the joint venture that's only part of the story, though, because the, the shares up to this point have been trading at 0.5p. The shares rocketed last Friday up to 2p, then came back to 1.5p, and I think closed at just on a penny, opened on Monday this week and shot up to 4.5p. So um, absolutely incredible opportunities for anyone that was involved in this company or had investments in this company. But still only worth a very small amount of money in terms of market cap but I, and i think once the once the revenue possibilities from this covid or covid joint venture become more apparent i think we're going to see this company make make further progress this year but uh, again very exciting technology to companies to get involved with still at an early stage fantastic so I, again i think uh, that alan that, that's one of the companies and there's been a theme to say i think with uh, the, the podcast there are a number of companies that are probably underneath the radar to some extent which are working on 
um, quite exciting technology or have investments in quite exciting technology, which are definitely worth checking out um, if investors have a minute. And we will, in the notes of this podcast, include the tickers and companies so you can go and refer to those. One thing we will also include in the notes of this podcast is a link to an article that we did on Lloyd's, um, speaking to uh, a lot of our friends in brokers uh, around the city. Um, They've had a huge interest in in banks. So um, we've put a little article together about the key considerations for looking at Lloyd. So that'll be able to be found on the website as well as uh, in the, the notes to this podcast. So, Alan, thank you very much for joining us once more today. Thank you, Jonathan. Fantastic. So we will, um, I think, probably be catching up again next week when we will have a selection of interesting stocks that we will be discussing.